Okay, good afternoon everybody. Um, I'll actually be picking up upon your last sentences um, and really looking a bit closer at the changing role of families and I'm doing that based on a study of Afghan communities in Britain and Germany. Um, so basically, um, this is part of my PhD, although it is a small subsection that has emerged from the data as I was analyzing it. So it's not really an integral part that I'm looking at within my work, but rather something that I'm trying to experiment a little bit with. And I'm also especially, well, looking at the way I can perhaps, well, substantiate it within the scope of my data, which is definitely subject to further analysis, but okay. so. What I'm examining in this paper is how Afghan families shape migration from Afghanistan and processes of settlement and community formation at European destinations. So what I'm examining more particularly is which factors determine the changing role of families and how changing role of families in turn affect dynamics of interaction among Afghans, Afghans in the diaspora. So what I'm looking at at this stage, or what I'm aiming to do at this stage, is to provide some starting points for understanding how migration-induced changes in family arrangements, so changing roles of families and people's agency mutually affect each other. So in an analysis of qualitative data which I have collected in the UK and Germany over the course of the last year, um, I'll concentrate on how my informants refer to the roles their family have played at firstly when they left Afghanistan and upon arrival in their respective destination country and then throughout or during subsequent settlements, processes of settlement in Britain and Germany. So just some very, very rough background information on Afghan families in the light of war and displacement. So the family itself is widely referred to as the most important institutions in the Afghan society, which does shape communal organization to a large extent. But during the last four decades, the Afghan society was shaken by various waves of war and conflict which prompted forced mobility at immense scales. And it is assumed that since the late 1970s, about 3.8, that is nearly 4 million Afghans um, have fled their country. So with Afghanistan descending um, into persistent instability and with more and more people fleeing the country, um, Afghan households and families became increasingly unstable and it is now commonplace that they live scattered across various countries, if not continents. So to date, relatively little is known about the experiences of Afghans who have settled at Western European destinations and especially or also the accounts on the communities in Britain and Germany are very patchy. Although Britain and Germany do host the largest, largest Afghan communities within Western Europe. Um, as I mentioned, the data is coming from the fieldwork I've conducted for my PhD research. So overall, I've done 50 in-depth interviews um, with people of Afghan origin who live in the two countries. So in Britain, I've concentrated on the Greater London area, which is home to most people, um, whereas in Germany, my field sites were scattered across the entire country. So I've been conducting interviews in Hamburg, in Munich, in Frankfurt, as well as in the Cologne-Bonn area, primarily. Um, 
In addition to that, I did some complimentary participant observation at selected occasions, which included events organized by Afghan community associations in the two countries. My group of informants includes primarily people um, from, well, more elitist backgrounds who came at, a, at an earlier stage, but I've tried to also cover different social backgrounds, but the elitists or the elitist representatives do form the majority among my informants. Right, so moving on to my findings, and I have, I'll first have a look at experience of leaving of arrival. So it turns out that families are strongly affected by the risk management strategies people adopt while fleeing. So for example, in the light of difficult and chaotic conditions, um, people focused on the safety of their nuclear family, that is wives, children, in some cases parents first. And as a result of that, extended families were dispersed often across, as I said earlier, different countries or even continents. Um, stepwise migration is another way for families to manage risks of their overall living conditions. In many cases, the early migrants were later then well, reunified with the rest of their nuclear family who had in the meantime migrated to Iran or Pakistan through family reunification programs. However, informants also state that having family um, contacts at specific destination countries facilitates subsequent migration for other, perhaps more distant families, as this quote nicely uh, illustrates. Well, a young woman who says, that, well, my father, who was the oldest of his clan, he has about ten or, uh, nine or ten siblings, and it's the same for my mom, so she's the oldest. And once they had established themselves in Germany, she said, like, what we did, we brought everyone to the town we lived at, everyone first came to our house, we hosted them there, and then they got the residence permit. So that means even in condition of forced migration, or perhaps especially in such conditions, family may play an important role in determining people's choice of destination. Overall, the initial moves of pioneering family members affect the considerations and the efforts kin of kin migrating at a later stage. So this way, families are an important determinant of spatial clustering and also emerging areas of condensed Afghan settlements in, two, in the two countries. Um, but my informants also suggest that the socio-economic and socio-political conditions or situations of families has crucial implications for their migration-related decision-making so, and also the experiences they make en route. Hence, for most people, their migration trajectory was not so much a matter of choice as rather a reflection of the opportunities that were available to them. Moving on to the next stage, which is, which is the period of settlements, and I'm first looking at families as a source of support throughout that process. So the experiences of my informants suggest that the initial phase of arrival and settlement in Britain and Germany are strongly shaped by the institutions of the receiving country. Obviously, if we look at, for example, asylum regulations as a result of which people in Germany have very restricted freedom of movement and are consequently also very restricted in their decision-making capacities. Once people acquire a secure legal status, however, and get a chance to organize their lives more independently, their families come in as key determinants of social environments and facilitators of adjustment to the new environment or new context likewise. So, Experience of loneliness and social isolation upon arrival at the destination is widely shared among my informants and they emphasize that before leaving Afghanistan their families had been the most important building blocks of their social lives. So many pointed out that having part of their family members in the receiving country is a source of familiarity and comfort. 
So experiences of isolation, especially in Germany, are often exacerbated by socioeconomic deprivations, and many of my actually very well-educated informants had, and therefore highly skilled people had large difficulties to get their qualifications recognized. So as she, my, my young British informant, illustrates when she says that, well, my parents, they came here when they were in their 40s, and to live your life in a certain way for 40 years and then change was a very big step. So the plus side, however, is that we've got family in the West, which has helped them not to integrate, but has helped them accept where we are. So family support, in addition to that, often extends across borders at the same time because people do maintain relationships to their kin in Afghanistan or likewise in the adjacent countries by remitting money and so on and so forth. So they are sort of mental support but also a very crucial pillar of material support which is extended back to Afghanistan. Um, Moving on to families as social environments, um, well, during the processes of settlement, families tend to strongly affect the way informants situate themselves as Afghans within the British and German society. As a crucial environment, um, as a social environment, I'm sorry, um, families bring out different aspects integral to Afghan culture and the lifestyles of the receiving society. So families are widely perceived as a way of preserving valued elements of Afghan culture, especially among the first generation. So it is noted that informants tend to talk about Afghan families in communal terms and often use phrases such as we as Afghans or we are and I think that this suggests to some extent that um, families are thought of as an element of Afghan culture whose significance as such is widely recognized. However, um, there seems to be a difference between family as an overarching metaphor and family as a concrete, well, a family life in more practical terms, so to say. So unlike the imagination of an Afghan family, families as concrete social entities are based on restrictive membership categories, and families in this sense are more important as a driver of social integration than, for example, ideologies or state institutions, for that matter. So for people who came to experience Afghan uh, conflict-induced migration, families often represent a harbour of trust which is not easily found elsewhere in the receiving society or under the living circumstances. So some references to interaction among family members, however, were more ambiguous. For example, my informants often um, state that family-based interaction in the receiving country may lead to withdrawal and small-scale interaction with other parts of the respective society. As this informant, who has been in Germany for, I don't know, nearly four decades by now, says when he says that, well, for example, the thing with Afghans is that people who have always lived in close family units, and in Germany they have the same problem, he says literally. So for example, some moved to Germany with their entire clan. You can find families here who have about 120 up to 200 members. For them, families, everything. They hardly have contacts with other communities. Afghans are place-bound and family-bound people. So they find it difficult to be for themselves, so they stay within the family. So, and I think that such accounts imply that in some cases family contexts increase actually the distance between Afghan immigrants and the rest, or whatever you may refer to as the rest of the society. Then again, families may be platforms of incremental change as well. So an informant's account on family life in exile suggests that it is helpful to, to differentiate between references to the ideal and imagined families and family realities on the ground. So in many ways, families are referred to as a source of familiarity and support, as I said earlier. Um, 
But at the same time, family life in exile might also involve contestation and controversy. Um, and this especially comes out when we look more closely at intergenerational relations. So having been brought up and educated in a Western society, members of the second generation tend to draw on different or a greater variety of, of sources for identification than, for example, the, um, than their parents' generation. So most informants confirm that their family forms an epicenter of social interaction, but not everyone would necessarily see that as a positive thing. So members of the second generation display by cultural practices and orientations. Um, and many have a preference for their host country language, but still retain some familiarity with their parents' native language. So, being part of the British or German education system, young Afghans do have the opportunity to interact with other parts of the host society and expand their social networks at much greater ease than their parents, and also expand their networks way beyond the Afghan community. So for their parents, it is not always easy to accept and handle this, especially when it comes to aspects that mark profound differences between perceivedly Afghan and perceivedly Western cultures. So in many cases, intra-family intra tensions evolve around issues relating to obedience, gender roles, sexual relations, etc. And scopes of children's independence is often at the heart of occurring confrontations. And this is illustrated here when um, this Afghan-German woman says, like, well, there are problems among the young generation and the old generation, and these problems are different. So, but the problems of the young generation um, primarily consist of they want to live their life um, like the Germans. So they want to have the freedom, they want to have friends, they want to go on holidays on their own, and many other things. But in Afghan circles, so in our culture, this is very difficult to accept or to accept such, such aspirations. Um, Many subjects of intergenerational discontent affect young women of Afghan origin a lot more severely than their male counterparts. So, um, male domination is very prevalent in the Afghan society and male family members claiming dominant roles emerge as a major subject of intergenerational contention. So most of my young female informants reject to perceive, uh, to, to adopt perceivedly subordinate roles and overall second generation young men and women display um, more egalitarian attitudes and practices regarding gender roles and expectations. But still, tensions and disagreements do occur frequently, and mostly between daughters and their parents, um, as the following informant indicates. Well, so saying that the thing is, because I am the eldest, I was supposed to get married first, but I rejected, and my parents still blame me for this. They say I'm a bad example. So, because they stick to the imagination of an Afghan culture, they of course want the subsequent generation to perpetuate it, and when they see it, when they see that the subsequent generation refuses to do this, this also means a disruption to the image they have of themselves and their own culture. So it seems that they're not only intergenerational contention or, or disagreements at stake, but also something that really goes beyond and is a matter of questioning oneself within the context that one lives in, which is then brought out through the interaction between the two generations. Well, at the same time, children's often, children often function as brokers or translators in parents' encounters with the receiving society institutions. So, 
And also on the parents' side, aspirational attitudes vis-a-vis -vis their children are extremely widespread. So many parents I encountered want their children to do very well at school and fully embrace the opportunities available to them. And in that sense, my data echo earlier accounts suggesting that the parents' backgrounds and attitudes significantly determine the way intergenerational relations unfold and how children accommodate cultural elements from the sending as well as the receiving context. So to wrap up, um, Afghan families play important roles at various stages of conflict-induced migration and processes of settlement. So exploring family dynamics, I think, helps us to understand how immigrant populations, or how this specific population in this case, um, interact with the receiving society and establish themselves over time. Abbasi Shawasi and his colleagues, who have conducted research among Afghan families in Iran, state that the way people interact with the mainstream society has significant repercussions on how they participate economically and socially. Families and their networks also influence social interaction and shape processes of community formation in the countries of residence. At the same time, um, well, attributes or core attributes of Afghan families such as solidarity, mutual obligation and the tendency of respect for age are being maintained. Still, the role of Afghan families or the role these families play is subject to reconfiguration during different stages of migration and settlement. Whether and for whom family contexts are enabling or restrictive varies over time and according to people's respective living circumstances. So, during periods of leaving and arrival, families are primarily subject to risk management strategies, but often adopt facilitating and supporting rules at a later stage. Supportive and sometimes even compensatory roles are maintained during processes of settlement in Britain and Germany. At the same time, however, families increasingly emerge as platforms of contestations and sites of incremental change. And it seems that the core and despite all that, it seems that the core attributes or some of the core attributes of Afghan families are being maintained. So, as I said, it was only to introduce you to the starting points of my analysis or to the points that I'm trying to wrap my, heads, my head around Afghan families from. And obviously there's a range of issues that need to be unpacked in order to analyze the changing roles of families in greater depth. And I think that next research steps could, for example, consist in comparing the different facets of receiving country, of how receiving country institutions interfere with family life and how changing scope of agency then affect the family and family ties as a mode of social integration. But for now, I just leave you with some last word coming from a German informant, which I think are quite illustrative for the way families and the importance of families being projected. Thank you.